Uh, Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Lovely to have you. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. I'd love to start by just going into your background. Could you give me a bit more, a uh, bit more color on your your journey and your current role at Acada? Absolutely. I started my career at Bain in consulting, so I did a lot of different consulting projects through retail, consumer products, and property as well. And um, I, I was there for about seven and a half years or so. I started in London office, had the opportunity to live in New York and in the New York office as well. And along the way, I did an externship at Innocent Drinks, the juice and smoothie company. Um, and I joined Acada Retail about two and a half years ago, first as a head of strategy and chief of staff to the CEO. And now I am the director of customer experience. And the role is really interesting. It, um, I look after a few different areas from CRM, so communicating to our existing customers, retention and customer growth. Um, trade and campaign marketing, as well as loyalty and propositions, so our app and our delivery pass as well. That's amazing. Thanks for walking me through that. And since moving out of consulting, that's a huge transition. How did you find that? Uh, I really, I really love the transition. I, you know, in consulting, we're really very much focused on project-based work as well. And I've always loved knowing what happens after we make the recommendations. So. And part of what I really wanted to do is move into a more commercial and more operational role, which is what I'm doing today. And it really helps that Ocado is really fast paced, a lot of really smart people and just amazing, uh, amazing team to work with. So from that perspective, it, it was a really nice, easy transition that way. But, you know, actually a lot of the skills I learned within consulting are really transferable wherever you go and actually wherever um, when I started Ocado as well. So a lot about transitioning, how I use those skills in a different context um, was definitely a, a big learning for me. I, I can definitely imagine. And a lot of our audience will come from a management consulting background or might currently be working in consulting. Do you have any advice for anyone looking to make the shift? Yeah, I, I think for from, from me, I mean, there are a few different advice. I think one, as for anyone who's thinking about their their move out of consulting, is really thinking longer term. What what do they want to do? You know, what, what are the things and skills and experiences that might help them get there, and and therefore work backwards from that to see what what are the steps to take to get there. Um, I think the second one is really thinking about what is the learning path that will be helpful for them, uh, and so it's not just about the next move, but also the move after that too. Um, and three, I think talk to as many people as possible. Every I, I spoke to a lot of mentors. I spoke to a lot of peers who've made the move as well. And for me, it's just really interesting to learn from different people. Um, there's no one career path. So actually learning from them and, and having a sounding board is really important for me as well. Yeah, absolutely. Agree with that. And just moving on slightly to a different topic um, in terms of mentoring and coaching, I've, I'm sure you've probably utilized um, that at various points in your journey. Could you talk me through your relationship to mentoring and coaching? Yeah, absolutely. My, um, you know, I've been really fortunate to have a lot of mentors and sponsors uh, throughout wherever I've worked in the past as well. Um, and there are sort of more formal mentors uh, within Bain, for example, where they're champions for um, my career development, my, my longer term progression, but also my development plan as well. So that's been incredibly helpful to have someone who's done it before help guide me and steer my thinking around that. But also some of the informal mentors, um, people I've worked with, people I just get on well with, who um, might have done something slightly, slightly different. It's really helpful to have that sounding board of what um, to think about my longer term career path, but also 
you know, take some perspective from the day to day as well and, and really look at the bigger picture. So and um, that's those are some of the really important relationships I've had um, within my career. And um, and I try to give that back a little bit as well with um, some of my mentees, uh, both at Bain and at Ocado as well, and try and help steer their thinking around their career path, their development and help them kind of lift up and thinking about the, their bigger picture as well. Cool. No, that's that's really interesting. Thanks. And just moving on to a slightly different topic uh, that seems to be everywhere at the moment, um, artificial intelligence. Um, what is your perspective on that and how it's, it will evolve in your space? Um, I mean, AI is definitely the hot topic of the moment. And I mean, it, it's worth saying that you know, AI has been around for a really long time. And Ocado, for example, has been using AI for decades now. And probably one of the reasons um, it's a pioneer within the online grocery space. But of course, the last few months or so, generative AI has been the big hot topic. Um, and I think it's a really exciting time to explore that. I think it, it really helps us be able to use AI in a better way to, to crunch the data, really understand our customers, really thinking about um, how do we do the, uh, a much better job for our customers to solve their pain points as well. Uh, and two, I think it's it's um, it's really powerful to be able to look at different longer term trends, food trends, for example, in, in the industry I work in, um, to spot what, what what will customers do in the want in the future, but also how will they shop in the future as well. Um, and I also think it really kickstarts some of the more creative processes for a lot of the teams as well to think about um, the content generation within, especially within the marketing world. So I think that's really exciting. Oh, absolutely. And um, how do you feel that AI will change the experience of the customer over time? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we're exploring using more of Gentive AI at the moment. We've, we've been doing a lot of that as well. Um, uh, and you know, I think it, by, by being able to understand our customers better and use the data in a better way means that we can be more personalized with how we interact with our customers. So from communications we send out to our customers, to the way we recommend different products to them so that we can essentially take away some of the pain points and make their grocery shopping even easier than, than it is today. Um, so that personalization piece is really, really key, uh, but also making it more relevant for them. So really thinking about how that how they shop uh, and making it more relevant to that person, which might be different to how you shop as well. So I think that's, that's really um, amazing in terms of what generative AI could do. I think the other side of it is, um, is is also bring some interesting content, something that uh, is quite more uh, stands out and more distinctive to to the customers, so that we can really try to capture their attention as well. Um, so I think definitely around the personalization space, especially in in the area I'm working in, uh, and to how do we remove the the pain points on um, you know, helping make the shopping easier both on site as well and, and recommending different recipes to them to try to inspire um, them to try something different as well. Following on from that, do you think customers respond well to the personalization piece? Is that important to customers nowadays? Uh, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I read a research recently, I think something along the lines of 70% of customers uh, in the UK are just expect personalization. And from, from their brands, if people want personalization, people expect their brands to know who they are, know what they want, uh, and, and know when to speak to them as well. So it's becoming more and more important, especially as um, we 
businesses have more data about their customers, it's really important to be able to use that in the most relevant way possible. But there's a fine line as well. You don't want to be too um, too personalized in a way that is is a little bit infringing on people's personal side of things. Um, so it's, it's also around how do you make the fine balance of helping customers get over the barrier and, and actually you know, help them shop better, uh, you know, uh, shop better, recommend better, um, but also make sure we are doing the right thing for the customers. Ultimately, personalization is about improving the customer experience um, and, uh, and making it easier for them to, to shop in the future. And do you feel the positives outweigh the negatives when it comes to AI? I think there are, it's, it's really early to say at the moment, I think there are a lot of unknowns, but uh, as it stands, I think there's so many opportunities to be using AI in a way that, um, you know, can, can help experiment things better, try things faster as well. So hopefully, yes. Um, but I, I'm also very conscious of, of some of the risks and challenges with AI as well. So I think um, I've been to a, a lot of different talks around AI recently, and one of the topics is really around using AI uh, responsibly. So as with any technology, so how do we use it in a way that is responsible for the businesses, for um, data privacy, but also customers, um, and also in a way that we can really help the teams understand why and when we use it and create some guardrails around that too. So I think it's ex- exciting, but, um, but you know, we need to be mindful of how we use it in the future. Okay, that's, that's really insightful. And do you see any potential challenges ahead with leveraging AI? Challenges ahead. I think there are some interesting um, points here around, you know, actually as brands use more generative AI going forward, how are they going to be distinctive from each other? Um, but how, how do brands keep that distinctiveness if they are all using the same tools in the, in the future? And I think the second one is, um, it's probably more about the data pieces around how do we use data and, and who actually ultimately owns the content in the end. So I think those are probably the two main challenges I would see. But again, going back to some of the, um, the guardrails pieces, um, what, what businesses can do, what we can do ourselves is really making sure we are using it in the most responsible way possible and, and setting clear rules, clear principles about how that works and how actually, you know, we still need teams to make sure it, it's, they can sense check in and make sure it's still the right thing for the customers in the end. Thanks a lot, Amanda. Some really interesting points um, that we covered today. Do you have anything that you would like to add? I think on the AI point, of course, you know, as with any technolo- technology advances, it's really important to stay on top of it, really understand uh, how that works and, and try and find ways to upskill through training or online courses as well. Um, I think it's just a really interesting area to keep exploring, um, both as a, an individual, but also as part of a business as well. So I think that's a really exciting way to keep learning. And I'm certainly doing some courses myself too. It's been a pleasure to have you. Uh, Thanks again. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it.